welcome to the Greenville Smart Podcast. I'm your host, Elaine McNamara, the director of Greenville Smart and the executive director of the Greenville Chamber of Commerce. I want to let you know that the Greenville Smart Podcast is brought to you by Greenville University, the Greenville Chamber of Commerce, and Greenville Smart. For information on co-working space and office availability, hosting special events, and exploring smart partnerships, please visit greenvillesmart.com. Today, I am flying solo once again without my producer, Deloy Cole, or my co-host, Breck Nelson, but I have a special guest with me. It's Larry Diders, Larry Diders, owner of both NACO Printing and Kahuna's Burgers in Greenville. Larry, thank you for joining me today. Well, thanks for inviting me. Well, it's a pleasure, and I wanted to have you on here um, because you're a little unique than other guests we have had. You're not just the owner of one business in Greenville. You're the owner of two. You and your your wife, Darla, own these businesses in Greenville, and we really appreciate both of them, NACO Printing and Kahuna's Burgers. They're not the same type of business by any means. So I want to talk about about that. How Which came first, of course, and um, and how it all came to Greenville? Well, I don't know. We can go in a lot of different directions, but basically uh, NACO came first. Uh, actually, NACO has been around since 1961. Uh, mm-hmm. Has been a printing company, and it's had several different owners. And then, I, my wife and I bought NACO Printing in 2001. So now, we're <clears throat> coming up on 19 year anniversary. That's amazing. Have, had you been in the printing business before that? No, <laughs> no, <laughs> I, I wasn't. I wasn't. Um, actually, I was a funeral director and embalmer. Oh, wow. I don't think I knew or that about you. years. Yeah, so I brought that customer service, and then I had some marketing background in that, too. So I brought that to the table, basically customer service and, and employee care. So that's helped my business. So that background has mm-hmm. helped you know, the printing business. Yeah, that, that would help in any business, I would think. And, yeah, I, I mean, imagine in the funeral business um, – you you do have to have uh, just that way with people, and um, have a steady personality, if you will, and, and and a little bit of an upbeat personality. It really helps in that field. <laughs> yeah. I've just noticed that they're very warm people in the in the in the funeral um, business, and you brought that with you to Naco Printing, and so okay, so you bought Naco Printing and got started in that. Uh, how long did you have that business before you said, hey? Let's open this restaurant. <laughs> well, <laughs> what happened was that I spent nine years going out to lunch every day. Yeah. And I was just getting, it was just became mundane after a while and looking for options. And we didn't have a whole lot of options in town. <clears throat> and then our good friend, Randy Alderman, says, you know what we really need in Greenville? You're friends with the owners of Dairy King. We need a Dairy King in Greenville. And... um and he was pressuring me on that. And I, the more I thought about it, I thought, you know, that that's a niche market. Now, we don't have the same model as Dairy King. But uh, I knew, I felt that, that was, there was a niche market there that, that would work here in town. And we didn't want to be out by the interstate because you don't have that national draw. Right. So we wanted to be in town closer to the local people so that it's easier for the people from the courthouse to run down and grab lunch and Nevco walks over to lunch, you know, Demont. So you have just this area that can make it in. So that's why we kept the business 
closer into town rather than out by the interstate. So that's how we moved in that direction. Right. And that makes it a little bit closer to the university too. Um, I I would imagine you get a lot of business uh, coming from the university and uh, the events that they hold. And you seem to stay pretty busy. Yeah. 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 So what, and what happened though is, so that was in 2010, Mm -hmm. we opened uh, the restaurant. So we're getting ready to celebrate our 10th anniversary at the restaurant. Wow. uh, We've, we had some tentative plans of uh, celebration, maybe some outdoor music and such, but uh, everything's kind of on hold right now. Right. Just a little bit, just a little bit. Um, uh, How, how would you say, uh, well, we talked a little bit off, off the recording about this, but how quickly do you feel like you adapted or um, how's it going now during this time? The restaurant, my wife runs that and thankfully she does. She does, she's does a great job and she's much more patient than what I am. And, uh, she works hard, uh, but adapting we've had our first two years was really tough in the business, really difficult. Uh, Mm -hmm. we made a few changes and adapted and kept adapting towards the clientele and what the community wanted. And, uh, I think we've met most of those needs, Um, and now with this, uh, virus pandemic, we've had to make further adaptions and it it might be, you know, we might be looking at a new business model. We don't know yet, but when you, we've always wanted to implement delivery, right? but we didn't know how we could do that. And it was hard, you know, three months ago, you couldn't find somebody to work. Yeah. So, so it was, you know, having that reliability, that was going to be a challenge. Um, just so many logistics to it. And can we add that into our current business model? So, but right now, so we do have, we've always had drive up window, which we still have. Uh, we've implemented curbside pickup so people can order online on our website and um, pay over the phone uh, and, and can meet us at the door, call us when they arrive and we bring it out to them. And then we also implement a delivery service. And how's so that? People can call in. How's that been going? That's going over pretty well. The curbside pick, uh, pickup business is actually in more of a demand than the delivery. So huh. it's it's working out well, though. Uh, I think between those three options, we've been able to try to satisfy the needs of the community. Would you say that, I mean, regardless of the times or what's going on, that um, adaptability is really key, maybe? Yeah, it really is because short of owning a a franchise where they say, "Hey, if you come in and do this and this and this and this, you'll succeed," right? But you got to you got to follow their game plan. And when you open up as an independent operation, uh, the good and bad is the bad news is you don't have those ten steps that you have to do to be successful. Uh, But on the other hand, you're you can become flexible. And you can adapt to the local community, which right. we've been able to do. Or, you know, we've tried. That's been our goal. Yeah. And I guess, um, you know, just listening to the wants and needs and from probably from the beginning, you said those first two years, a little rough. And, um, and that was probably key to getting you past those first two years, I would imagine. Yeah, it was. And I think, well, we made a couple changes in, in that uh, we put up that center wall down the middle of the room. 
um, to kind of give it and then added booths. So that kind of changed the atmosphere before that. It was just open tables. Mm -hmm. And then, um, and then we changed the menu up to have specialty burgers and salads rather than just standardized, you know, double cheeseburger. Now you can get, you know, the pipeline or the wipeout or the kahuna. So, um, so those specialty sandwiches creating something unique that you can't get anywhere else. Um, that, but that and the interior changes, uh, really turned the corner for us. Oh, sure. And then you were talking about, you're going to have your celebration outside this year at some point, and because uh, you just expanded that parking lot. We did. We were fortunate <clears throat> that that property became available, and we were able to work with the city, and uh, we were able to develop that, and we added 19 parking spaces along 127, right along Harris Avenue. Yeah. And so that's been, we've been blessed to be able to do that. And then we have a back lot that is like a 40 feet by 100 feet that is not finished yet. And so we planned on uh, finishing that off. And we had contracted to have electric run out to that back lot right. so that we might have hookups for lights, um, maybe a band, who knows. Oh, that... uh, but we put that on hold. They were supposed to do this like two weeks ago oh. or a week and a half ago. <clears throat> so we had to ask them to put that on hold because that was a pretty big investment. Oh, sure. And, uh, we just, just trying to be conservative as we can. So right. we're hoping to be able to get back to that depending on how things turn around. I, and I think that'd be a great addition. That's uh, Greenville could use that uh, some live music outside and, and you've got, you know, the, the food and beverages right there. I think that's a win for everyone. I, I think the community wants it when, you know, the community's done a great job with the 4th celebration for the 4th of July and the car show. And you see those kind of events and the turnouts, you, you realize that the city responds well to those and they oh, appreciate so. that outside entertainment. And so we thought we might be able to um, provide something similar to that in a smaller version, obviously. But uh, we're not going to have a Bob Seger tribute man. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, you might, maybe you will one day, you, you know, don't say never, don't say never, never know. No. Uh, when you think about, okay, so you weren't always your own boss, I would imagine. Um, and yeah, and now you've been your own boss for all these years. What advice, uh, I mean, what are the pros and cons? Uh, it depends on what month you ask that. <laughs> <laughs> and it probably depends on which business. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Maybe even what okay. day it is. Um, I think, yeah. uh, uh, you know, a lot of people get excited about the idea of having their own business, um, which is awesome. And, and I've been there as well. It, it, there's, you know, it, there's always excitement about being your own boss. Um, I think sometimes, though, people go in without thinking of the responsibility. Um, and I, I think uh, part of that responsibility, especially when, when you get into a business like a restaurant or even the, the, the printing company, you take on employees. That's a whole different, you know, that's not just you. Um, how was that for you um, when you you first started taking on employees rather than being, you know, an employee yourself. Yeah, that, that wasn't too, 
tough of an adjustment for me. I've been blessed here at, at NACO that we've had very little turnover. Um, we've had people that have been with me long term. Uh, I inherited nine employees when I bought the business. Wow. And um, and they were doing less volume than what we do now, and I have four and a half employees. So, um, and part of that is with technology, but oh, sure. But I've been blessed with good staff, and I just assume they know what they're doing. And you know, until they prove me otherwise, <laughs> I've got talent. I've got talented staff, and so I don't have to do a whole lot of staff management here at NACO. It's more just kind of being a coach, manager kind of a role. Right. So, and, you, and, and then I run the business side, obviously. So. And then you have a steady, so the, probably kind of a rhythm when it comes to NACO. And yes. Yeah, we have our ma- morning staff meeting and, and uh, just go over things for the day and the upcoming days and just keep everything on track and on time. And I've got a production manager that he says, hey, I need this done by the end of today. So his job is to uh, meet deadlines. So uh, that's his role. And everybody kind of has their own department, and and, uh, I don't micromanage. Uh, And I even let them participate in equipment purchases if they feel we need something. We discuss it and look at our options and have them do the research, and then we make a decision. Yeah, maybe that's part of your longevity with that company as well is uh, not micromanaging and you have a good staff, having good people uh, to as a support staff, um, taking you know, getting to use their own talents without feeling that they can't communicate with uh, with their employer or that they're going to be micromanaged. I think that's a big deal. I think that that's why, um, like I, like you said, you've been in business for 19 years with NACO. Um, I think that if people have um, their own their uh, part, their own part of the business in a sense. And I think they that, do. They have uh, a sense of ownership. Yeah, exactly. That's it. And, and there's something about that, that pride that that brings. And I think that's what keeps people with a business and the fact that you are, um, you, you, you do, you know, it's a little hands off and let them do what they do. Well, I think that mm-hmm. is very, very important. Um, I was going to ask you about the uh, Bond County CEO, because I believe you had something to do with getting that all together. Am I right? Yes. Uh, I was active in it, um, bring it up off the ground. So that's been what, four and a half years ago when we first started having meetings. Yeah. Could so, you tell, tell people exactly what that is? Well, the CEO is, uh, it's an acronym for creating entrepreneurial opportunities and it's for, um, high school students, namely seniors, and in some towns, some schools, they offer it for juniors also, but we've limited it to senior uh, students. And it's a great opportunity for high school students to learn about business. <clears throat> and so they, they learn about local businesses. They get to meet local business owners, uh, local professionals, and uh, they get to understand how to interact <clears throat> as a professional. And then they've got different aspects of the class throughout the year. And so we started it, um, but we've got, we're on our third class now um, here in Bond County. And then uh, the average class has 12 to 16 students. They meet every day of the school year 
from 7:30 till 8:30, nine o'clock. Um, and there, and we, what we have is a facilitator, not a teacher, but a facilitator. Mm-hmm. And we've been blessed to have good ones here in in Bond County so far. Uh, Roger Sanders uh, was our facilitator in the first year, and then uh, Jesse Turrell uh, from the college there. He's in the football program. He's been uh, the facilitator last year and this year, and he's done a great job. They both had did connecting with kids and, like I said, being a facilitator. It's one of those roles that you're not in front of the class teaching. You're kind of in the back of the class facilitating their discussions and their class time. And uh, as a matter of fact, though, Jesse is is going to resign after this year because of ah. uh, career changes for him. And and so actually the Bond County CEO program is currently looking for applicants to fill that role. So ah. if anyone's you, interested, check it out online. Yeah. Where can they go online? Just Bond County CEO? Just Bond County yeah. CEO. Yeah, okay. there's a website. They have our own website. And there's, actually there's an application packet on that website. So, but yeah, that program is... Um, uh, it was started in Effingham, Illinois, and right now it's in 229 different schools. That's fantastic. So, I, yeah. I did hear that I think Clinton County is adding one next next school year. Yes. So. I've been to a couple of those meetings, and they're still um, they're, they're doing the groundwork that we did. We, took, we did uh, 9 or 12 months of time before we ever kicked it off because wow. there's some fundraising you need to get it's and it's financed by local investors so there's all the local companies many of them participate in that and i think in bond county i think we've got about 40 different businesses and individuals uh individuals that feel this is a need in society that are investors in the program and so that's how it's funded to pay for the facilitators uh cost the expense of that so and it's very impressive. Um, anyone who's ever been in, in uh, contact with the CEO students, uh, they're taught just, uh, it's, it's almost a poise in business. They're taught um, the etiquette. Uh, you, if you go to one of their classes as a presenter, uh, they are very welcoming. It, it's just, it's very impressive. They are very professional when you go in. And I, I think that right there is is worth it. It, it prepares them for, you know, being adults in the business world, and they really do present themselves uh, that way. So Yeah, and that was one of the things that, that really impressed me is we went to Effingham, and the class was touring a business that day, and we walked in as three strangers from Bond County that were considering having this program. And students came up and introduced themselves, shook our hands. Back then you could shake right. hands. Uh, <laughs> and... Uh, introduced themselves and just spoke to us eloquently. And I was so impressed with that behavior from a 17 or 18 year old. Right. And I thought, wow, what, what has happened to these kids? I mean, I don't see that too often. And come to find out it's that process uh, that, that you can see those students, they go with this, this transformation that occurs in the students uh, over the time. But even then first First couple of weeks, they're taught how to introduce themselves, how to shake hands, how to strike up a conversation, those kind of things, so that they can learn to adapt to the business environment. And oh, so if they were to come in and interview for a job position, you'd be blown away. Just definitely. Because of their etiquette. Oh, definitely. <clears throat> it's the etiquette, and, and it's a confidence, too. It's such a confidence builder 
um, which is so important. Really, that's important at any age because some of these students are so much more, or they, at least they present themselves in such a confident manner that um, that eclipses some people, you know, well into their their middle ages. Um, they're just uh, it's it's phenomenal um, the transformation that these kids go through with the CEO yeah, and they program. don't. Yeah, it's not, and it's not so much because at the end of the the second semester they end up creating their own business mm-hmm. and they're giving some uh, um, startup funds to do that. But the um, it, it's that transformation that occurs with them over that year. And so it's not the end result is how much money did they make on their individual business in May of you know their school year, but it's what did they learn that process? So it's, it's the process, not the end product that has value to the program. Oh, definitely, definitely. And, and, and um, Larry's talking about is at, during that year, they come up with their own businesses. Um, they learn how to make a business plan. They learn how to do marketing. Um, sometimes it's a product. Sometimes it's a service. They have a trade show at the end of the year. And before that, usually there's something unique that they come up with an event to raise money for, that they can use toward their own businesses. Is that correct? Yeah, the way it works is that uh, the way our program is set up, and most of them are, is that they create, in that first semester, they work on a class business. So they're working as a team in creating a business. And it's usually a one-day event or a one-night event. And so one year they did a home show, another time they did a dodgeball tournament, and then most recently they did this illusionist dinner party. And so, yeah, in that creating that business, they work in teams of marketing team, logistics, facility management, business forecasting, all those aspects as though they're a startup business. Now, it might be a one-day event, but there are so many things that go into that. And so that they learn all the different aspects and they rotate on different teams and they create that class business and they try to have that um, usually at the end of the first semester, or maybe early January. And then uh, the proceeds, and we've been fortunate each year, the class has made six, eight, ten thousand dollars $10,000 each year. Wow. And then those funds, 80% of that goes back to the, their individual businesses. So they can apply for grants if they need startup cost of materials or something. And 10% goes back to the CEO program for next year's students. And then 10% has to go to a local nonprofit. Oh, wow. So, yeah. So, so we teach the giving back to the community too. That's, it's so impressive. And it's so impressive that um, working with Greenville Smart, we have been discussing an entrepreneurial club, basically, a college CEO group, and then um, very recently also discussing possibly doing one for adults. And, um, and it basically, it's all coming from inspiration from the CEO program. So that's pretty fantastic. Um, yeah, because, you know, there's, I've had a local businessman say he's, he got his six-year degree and said, you know, they taught me how to do this particular business, how to get this license, mm-hmm. but they didn't teach me how to run a business. Right. So you can spend six years in college, but they don't tell you how to manage your staff, how to manage inventory, how to make business projections, <laughs> you know, read T&Ls, you know. Right. So, so the, the CEO program 
and, and similar programs do some of those things. Definitely. Uh, you can put everything down on, you know, read it from a book, but until you put that knowledge into experience, um, you, you just don't get the full picture. That's, you know, right. how it goes. Do you have any words of wisdom for any young uh, entrepreneurs out there wanting to get started in the business world? Would you basically say join a program like that or is there some other advice you you would have? Well, networking is real important. Uh, I wouldn't have been able to purchase NACO printing had I not networked with individuals. Um, and, and the CEO program offers that because they get to meet local business owners and they have guest speakers come in and they're assigned mentors. So you might have a high school senior that meets once a month with a local banker who's on the board, you know, so mentorship. Um, but having a long-term goal, if if they really are going to get into it, um, to focus on the long-term because right. it's the first couple few years is going to be tough and everybody thinks you get rich quick and you don't. No. You just hope that you can meet your bills and gradually become debt-free. Yeah. I mean, that's that's really what you work towards and then and then your business can start generating some cash flow. Yeah. So, but one of the big steps that I took was I uh participated in this consultant group, you know, that are print shop owners and we'd meet quarterly up in uh, Chicago and we sit down we'd share, and none of us were in a competitive uh market and we sat down and we shared our financials, we shared our staffing issues, our equipment issues and We'd walk away after a weekend uh, with an action plan of things we needed to get done over the next three months, and we're accountable for when we met three months later. We're accountable for did we accomplish those things on the action plan. So that that helped me a lot because that, then I worked with people that were in within my industry and understood it enough, and I was accountable to someone besides my wife and my banker. So. Yeah, I think that that is a that is a really good um, idea is to have, you know, you're 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 all coaching each other even though you're all in the same business. Um, but yeah, that accountability that's kind of a great thing. It, you can set these goals for yourself, but until you have to answer to someone else, sometimes you just like yeah, you know, you can set it aside. <laughs> but, well, it's human nature. It it is. So yes, I think that's exactly it. Networking is so key. And if you can, you can get a group together that will, will back you, um, you know, as a support team, give you, you know, you can trade advice with each other and have that accountability. That's, that's pretty, that's pretty awesome. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. It really is. And I wanted to ask you before we're done, um, just about, well, first of all, I want to give you a thank you because you printed those beautiful signs for shop local that. Some of the listeners might see out there different businesses in Greenville. So thank you, Larry, for that. You're welcome. <laughs> we'll help to get those to get a little attention. And we're getting um, our shop local campaign underway because, well, we got we to gotta get together, band together to uh, survive and thrive in Bond County. And I was wondering if you have uh, your particular hopes and dreams for uh, business in Greenville and Bond County. Is there anything out there that, you know, what you think about for the future? Well, right now the future is so hard <laughs> to predict because we've never been here. 
I mean, no. no matter what happens, we've never been here, so we can't really be critical of anyone and the actions taken. Other no. than we're doing the best we can. Yeah. Um, but I, I think more than anything, I think, uh, I think as a, as families, uh, mm-hmm. we're going to be better families and family members and better parents because of this. Uh, for those that have kids at home, <laughs> they might differ with that, but <laughs> but they're but they're learning to spend time together. I, I think, think so. too. I I think we're gonna realize that our people that we've put on pedestals in the entertainment industry. I think that we're gonna realize that they're not the gods that some people put them up there to be. That we can actually live without them, and even if they make twenty million a year. Um, yeah. But for the community, I, I think that we're gonna we are going to learn more about what makes an economy tick. I think so. And, and that, you know, you're not doing any, any of your neighbors any good when you buy something online, if you can get it in town. Right. And so I, I think they'll begin to understand and, and they'll see. And unfortunately we'll, we'll, we'll probably have some businesses fail and, and they'll see that and they'll understand that, business ownership is a gamble and it's a risk. Mm -hmm. And so we need to support them. Yeah. And I think if, if we can um, support the businesses and maybe creatively, if businesses can work together, um, you know, to support each other, I think, uh, I think that's key as well. And I think we've got a good community for that. Um, And hope, and hopefully, like you said, hopefully this is uh, teaching everyone about um, what we need to survive and what we need to do to support each other. Uh, very, very important, especially right now. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and the work you've done with the chamber of commerce, I know the board of directors really appreciates all the work you've done and you've been active in the community and you've, you've been serving that role so well. So we really appreciate it. And so I, kudos to you for, uh, <clears throat> for even putting on something like this, not that I had much to share, but other individuals within these podcasts that you've done has helped educate the community and, and has done well for the community and the university. And between that and the Smart Center, I've, I'm just excited about the opportunities that are there for the Smart Center and the resources that will be available for people. So I hope that people will take the time to learn more about it as you share that information. So. Well, thank thank you so much, Larry. It's, I'm just one person in a big group that's uh, getting all these things together. I do appreciate it, and of course, uh, the board of directors from the the uh, Greenville Chamber of Commerce are are very active and um, really getting involved. Especially this year, I see a lot of things. Um, we've been thrown into this situation in this time, but I think we're going to come out of it with some great ideas and um, put those into action as soon as we're we're all able to. I really appreciate that, and my smart team as well. Um, They're looking forward to starting new programs, uh, creative ways to get students um, interacting in uh, not just their own classes, but into the community and maybe involving um, the business community of Greenville and Bond County with the resources of the students at Greenville University to get that experiential learning going. And I think that that's going to be a big benefit uh, to us all in the future as well. Yeah, you're right. You're right. It's, it's pretty exciting, and we're excited. So um, we're all, you know, we're, we're all waiting to see what's going to happen next, and I know that there, we're, we're not sure when we're all going to be back out. Um, 
seeing each other and uh, going to uh, events that have uh, outdoor music, which we're really looking forward to. Um, <laughs> and, and just getting out there and celebrating, you know, life and um, yeah. living in this, this part of the country, which is, uh, and, you know, people from the outside, they don't know. It's cool. It's cool to live in the middle <laughs> of America and, uh, you know, celebrate like we do. And we, we're looking forward to being able to do that again. And, yeah. and Larry... I want to thank you so much for being on the podcast today. And uh, yeah, if there's anything um, that we can ever do for you when it comes to Greenville Smart, working together with you more, maybe we can get you involved in an adult CEO program. Um, we're going to reach out. That's for sure. Okay. Well, Elaine, thanks for having me on. Thank you, Larry. You take I care. I the visit. Oh, thank you. And all of all you right. out there, thanks for tuning into the Greenville Smart Podcast. We will talk to you again next time.